And good morning. Uh, you've got Representative Sane here for our show, All Things Sane. Uh, I'm your host, and today we are broadcasting from the Legislative Building. Uh, we had to come back up for a little bit of session here in Raleigh today. Uh, a few bills are, are going to be on the calendar. Uh, we're still in flux, working with the budget, trying to get to a resolve with our Senate counterparts. Uh, not there yet, uh, sad to say. Uh, I am, of course, uh, one of the senior appropriators, uh, senior appropriations chairman in the House. And uh, so sadly, it's eating up a lot of my summer, too. And not that anybody's at home just waiting to see, uh, but it is a matter of discussion here in Raleigh. And uh, we would like to get to a, a state budget uh, as soon as we can. Uh, budget work started way back in February. Uh, House produced a budget. We got that passed out in, I think it was March uh, or right at, right at the 1st of April. And then the Senate took up our budget. Uh, they, they were very enamored with the work that we had done, uh, but had a few suggestions and uh, a few amendments to our bill. And uh, we've been trying to work out the differences since then. So uh, hopefully soon we'll get to resolve on that. There are a lot of big issues, a lot of big things in the budget. Uh, a lot of the, uh, uh, some of the governance with uh, Medicaid expansion, which I, I voted against, but was uh, something that the Senate had pushed. The House did adopt it this year. Uh, so that's that's a, probably a big one that's in the budget that people are concerned about or are looking at, wanting to know what's next. Uh, but then a lot of other things, too. There's tax cuts uh, for individuals that uh, we're, we're looking at. There's uh, how we fund state government, all the different agencies. All of that uh, is, is still in play. Uh, some other issues got resolved early on. Sports betting, which was a bill that I ran. Uh, if you followed that, that one, we, uh, we had a good kumbaya on that and got that passed. Governor signed that into law, but the budget still seems to be a, a bit of a sticking point uh, between both chambers. Uh, and it's just a natural order of things. This is how democracy works uh, when we're when we're actually attentive to budgets and we don't just give it up to the bureaucrats. So a lot of folks, um, you know, on all sides want, want to see things happen, uh, whether it's a local project funding or uh, road funding, schools, uh, teachers, uh, state workers, uh, all things that we'll consider. But uh, but it's great to be with you on today. Later in the show, uh, a little after 11.15 or so, uh, we'll have city councilman from Charlotte, good friend of mine, Tark Bakari. Uh, he'll be on. He's hard to get to talk, uh, so maybe we can pull something out of him. I mean, it's he's not a very good communicator. I kid. Uh, he and I joke around a lot. We also play video games together because that's what, you know, uh, dads our age do. Uh, and uh, just a good friend. So we'll have a good talk with him. We'll talk about municipal elections, uh, some of the economic uh, development projects going on in and around Charlotte, and some of the other things happening in state government. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to that here shortly. Um, lots of things going on, like I say, in the House. Uh, one of the big, uh, big uh, things here at the legislature that's being talked about, uh, medical marijuana. And uh, Senator Bill Raven had uh, passed a bill out of the Senate, something that's uh, been near and dear to him. Uh, and this is medical marijuana, not, not recreational marijuana. So I want to be clear, um, something that North Carolina has not done yet, but it did pass the Senate. Uh, it's been over in the house for a while. Uh, but, uh, the house speaker, if I quote him correctly said it would require a number of house members who've taken a position of no, uh, to literally switch their position to want to vote for it. And I just don't see that happening. So effectively telling reporters that, uh, medical mar marijuana legislation is probably, uh, dead, uh, echoes some comments from from our majority leader in the House. His, his job is w one of many, but but also to count the votes in the House Republican Caucus, uh, basically saying the same thing earlier in the week. So uh, that's where that stands. Uh, doesn't mean that nothing's ever dead, truly dead at the legislature. It's more like the undead. 
if you watch Walking Dead, again, hey, hey quick uh, uh, pop reference there. Uh, nothing is undead uh, or nothing dies at the legislature. It just might be undead. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's living and breathing, but but not by much. Uh, it could come back up at another time should should legislators uh, have a different point of view or want to take it up. But for now, uh, at least for this legislative session, it does look like that that medical marijuana will not be happening this session. Um, interesting. Interestingly enough, uh, other news this week. Uh, great news for uh, our state. Uh, North Carolina is once again uh, the best state for business. Uh, that's according to a newly released ranking by CNBC. Uh, the Tar Heel State took the first spot in the rankings in 2022 and was runner-up in 2021. Uh, in the rankings' 16-year uh, history, the state has rarely fallen outside of CNBC's top 10. Uh, the most important factor that was assessed was workforce, in which North Carolina was ranked in the top spot. Uh, so that means we're a great place to do business. We're a great place to bring your business because we've got a, a well-trained workforce and something that we've been very intentional on working on here at the legislature over the last several years, working with our community colleges, working with our four-year institutions, uh, and, and of course, working with our, our K-12, making sure that we uh, produce students that, that uh, you know, are employable. Uh, it's important. It's important for, for our state to function and to, to be the economic powerhouse that it has become over the last 10 years. So these rankings do mean something. Uh, and not only that, uh, it's what everyone else sees. If you're, if you're in a state that's not treating your business very well, uh, maybe not treating your workers very well, you, you may want to, to relocate. And we're doing it all the time. You know, I saw something the other day uh, on CNBC where, uh, and I, not that I watch CNBC very often, but someone had tweeted out at me on it, uh, where Governor Roy Cooper uh, was uh, touting the fact that, that our state's doing such a great job and then, of course, criticize the Republican legislature for all of our policies. Uh, interestingly enough, our policies are, are what give Governor Cooper the reason to go cut all those ribbons and welcome all those businesses to North Carolina. Uh, I always find that fact funny and, and something that uh, is of interest um, when, when he's critical of the work that we're doing here at the legislature. Um, it is a busy time still, though, at the legislature, even though we're kind of winding down for summer. Uh, still, a lot goes on behind the scenes. People say, well, you know, you're a part-time legislature. I don't know what part they're talking about or what what, what part the, of that time of my day is, is part-time. Uh, really, legislators, uh, whether you're, uh, you know, an appropriations chairman like me or just a rank-and-file legislator, uh, there's a lot going on because constituents are always interacting with state government. Uh, so I'll, I'll remind you that, uh, you know, if, if you're listening to this show, we're glad to help you if, you if you live in Lincoln County in the district. If you don't live in the district uh, and you want to call our office and find out who your representative or state senator may be, if you don't know, um, you can call our office. But you can also go to ncleg.gov, that's ncleg.gov, uh, and find your state legislator. And uh, most, if not all, are, are usually happy to help. And if, uh, and if we're not the right office to call, we, we try to direct those calls. So uh, we're always working. I have a staff of, of, of three people right now. I've got Clark Reamer, who's my chief of staff. Uh, Angela Miranda uh, is my legislative assistant. And uh, we, we've got our intern in. We may bring on a show before, before he leaves for the summer because he, he's learning a lot. He uh, uh, grew up in Canada and then also north of Chicago. Uh, good kid and uh, learning a lot too. So uh, we'll bring the staff on at some point in time. Right now, they're, they're actually busy uh, defending the office, making sure no one walks in while we while we do this broadcast. This is also a first for me. This is only our second broadcast, uh, but the first time that uh, we've done it remotely. So uh, we want to check it out, see if the see if we got all the bugs worked out. So no one's calling me and saying, 
everything's bad on air. So it, it sounds uh, it sounds like uh, or looks like we're doing it uh, pretty well. Also want to remind you later on the show, uh, you can call in if you've got any questions, legislative questions, uh, things you want to talk about. Uh, the number is 844-STUDIO-4. And I, I took the time to, to translate that for, for, for people like me who uh, might not pick up on that real quick. It's 844-788-3464. Or just remember 844-STUDIO-4. And you can call into the show at any time. I generally like to do this at the, at the latter part of the show because we are going to have Tart Bakari on. Here in just a few minutes, um, and we'll get to the hard breaks as 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 I can do my best. If uh, if if we get to a place where uh, I'm talking and it cuts off, then that's on me because we we are doing it remotely. But uh, I do have someone in my ear telling me that we're less than a minute down from our from our break. So that's a uh, it's it is neat to do this technology to have to, to to utilize this technology to be able to communicate to you uh, and and have our show and really appreciate. The fact that you're either listening or watching, I know it's all over Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. I got my notices right before we went live. So really glad to have you watching and listening to the show. Uh, we look forward to all the conversations. We look forward to having Tart Bakari on here in just a few minutes. And and we will, uh, we'll get to some fun stuff with him as well. Uh, again, this is All Things Sane with Representative Jason Sane. And we're back, all things sane, uh, live from the legislative building, uh, where all fun things are happening. It's so exciting. Uh, actually, it's it's kind of boring here in July. Uh, a lot of a lot of the bills, the debates have already happened, and now we're just waiting on the budget. Uh, but but still, work goes on. Uh, we're working on a number of items, but uh, but we also want to talk about what's happening locally. Uh, and joining me, uh, our first. Uh, uh, remote guest for the show, uh, Tart Bakari. I figured I'd get somebody who's a little technically savvy uh, to join us. Uh, Tart Bakari, you look at his background there. He's got uh, the Think Big sign behind him and uh, all the all the things that glow and, and look techy in the background. So, Councilman Tart Bakari, welcome to All Things Same. You know, a uh, longtime listener, Jason, uh, first time participant here, All Things Sane, awesome title. I thought you might have gone with insanity there's many options but i think you picked a good one well, you know we could change it uh I, I i've got some music beds we're working on that will at least integrate insane in the membrane uh you know, just just for that purpose and uh and i think as the show continues it may get a little more insane i love it i love it so what's on your mind buddy what, what do you want to talk well, about today well tell me what's on your mind now uh, so municipal elections i think filing has started have you have you filed a run for re-election I have not. I, I, I went ahead and uh, uh, made some time yesterday to reach out to uh, some supporters and say, we're going to go down to the old Board of Elections on Monday at noon and, and do the old song and dance down there. And um, so that, that's in the works. My opponent filed yesterday, same one I ran against um, last year. She's, a, she's a, a real nice person. I got to know her and like her. And um, you know, I, I kind of hope she'd run at large because I think she would have been beneficial to the council. We got a bit of a dysfunctional council in Charlotte. If you if you haven't heard, thought she could have been real a really good ad, but she was convinced by others that uh, she needed to go at me again. And well, you know, I'm sad to see her not be able to serve, but we're we're willing to give that a shot. Hey, you know, that's uh, that's the name of the game. Um, you know, any, anyone can file, um, and it's and it's 
you know, it's nice that you can be complimentary to her, but, uh, but want to wish you good luck in that race. Um, you know, Republicans are, are few and far between elected office in, in Mecklenburg County. And, and that, unfortunately for, for Mecklenburg, puts them at a bad position uh, when it comes to, to working with the state legislature, which is important. Uh, Mecklenburg being um, in, in the city of Charlotte, uh, city of Charlotte being our largest uh, municipality in the state, uh, you know, not having, uh, you do have a voice at the legislature. I don't, I don't mean to say that, but, uh, you know, you've got John Bradford and now Trisha Cotham, uh, the only, uh, in the house, the only two, uh, house members from, from Mecklenburg that are Republican work well with the, with the, with the delegation for sure. Uh, but it's always good to have, um, have, have people that are in the majority party. And, I, and so, uh, you and Ed Driggs, I, if I'm correct, are the only two Republicans on city council. Is that correct? That That is absolutely correct. And, you know, it's wild to think about the fact of, you know, what an amazing economic engine and how much growth is happening in Charlotte on one side of the coin. But on the other side, your point of like, while we have representation, like, you know, the city of Charlotte is primarily Democrat. It, it You know, it's primarily Democrat representation we have with you in, in the General Assembly up there. And it's almost been an adversarial kind of thumbing the nose. And I, I can say this because I'm speaking from down here, you know, at the, at, at the ground floor of it relationship. And when you think about what's at stake, you know, trying to get hospitality taxes, sunset extended um, for all the big things that are happening, trying to focus on transportation uh, regionally. Um, you know, I think, I think people realize, that doesn't seem like a smart approach, but it doesn't seem like we can get out of our own way in, in even solving that and electing more Republicans would be nice, but just from a pragmatic perspective, not being so confrontational and having such a friction, you know, is a no brainer. And I think some of the Northern towns, North Mecklenburg and above, you know, they recognize that. And, and we're having this internal battle where we should be more regional, but also smarter with the general assembly. Yeah, no, relationships matter, and uh, you and you've come up to Raleigh a, a good bit on behalf of the city of Charlotte, uh, and 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 for business that uh, in and around uh, Charlotte as well. Uh, but it it does matter, and uh, you know it, the good news is uh, the economy is still strong in our area. Uh, Charlotte is definitely a, a driver, uh, but when you talk as you go further up seventy seven uh, to Huntersville, Cornelius, uh, up to Mooresville, I know outside of Mecklenburg County, but. Uh, those areas have a lot more kin with with my district in Lincoln County than 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 necessarily the the leadership in the city of Charlotte. But uh, glad you're there doing doing the Lord's work. Uh, at least, if nothing else, keeping them honest. And, uh, and 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 look, they're not bad people. Just uh, it's just a different approach to government. Just and and you know, to that end, uh, having those relationships matter at critical times uh, because you know we really do want to have a, a working relationship that's beneficial to everybody. Uh, because again, if you know, I always tell people that you know, while I may not represent the city of Charlotte, uh, Charlotte's success is very important to the people in my district. A lot of my people, you know, drive to Charlotte, work in Charlotte. Uh, we certainly uh, spend spend dollars in, in downtown Charlotte, uh, whether it's the uh, the Hornets or or, or or Charlotte Football Club, uh, the Panthers. Uh, you know, I, you and I get together a good bit downtown, so it's a it's a center really for about a 16 county area. And uh, so what happens in the city of Charlotte matters to everybody else uh, in, in the area. Yeah, it matters a, a great deal. And I agree with you. Most of them are not bad people. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's <laughs> Most. not so in shade, but <laughs> uh, but you know, we can pick on somebody if you want to, but uh, uh, not not so in shade. But um, you know, but let's talk about what what is going on in in Charlotte. Uh, so one, uh, I tell you, favorite topic of mine, and we're going to talk more about it uh, as the show goes on as we get closer to football season. Uh, the Panthers, but then we've got a new coach at UNC Charlotte too, uh, Biff Pogi. I don't know if you had a chance to uh, to meet the coach. But phenomenal guy was an assistant coach at the University of Michigan. Uh, hell of a hell of, of a person, just a just a great guy. I'm going to have him on the show soon, and uh, uh, looking forward to what uh, building a UNC Charlotte football uh, following will look like. Uh, and I think it complements and works well with our Panthers. So uh, that's coming up. Uh, you know, we're in the doldrums of of uh, without baseball, without a, a, a major league team. Uh, in our state, we've got our we've got our AAA team, uh, of course, in Charlotte as well. The Knights, uh, and I know you're a big sports fan like me. Uh, how how much do you think that plays into sports playing into to the region? How important is that? You know, uh, here's how I describe it, just as fair as I possibly could. Charlotte is is in my 20 years here, it's kind of classified as a city with a a chip on its shoulder, and that's in every aspect. And and I think it's it's actually been something that suited us. When you use that chip to try to market and define Charlotte's got a lot and all this stuff, that's bad. But when you use it to actually outperform and out hustle um, other major cities, well, that's a big difference maker. And we've done that in business. Um, you know, we're trying to do that with transportation. But sports is, I think, one of the coolest uh, areas in that concept because we've always kind of been like, oh, they got a team or oh, they got another team. But it's it's I'm starting to hear more of a national scuttlebutt around Charlotte, a sports town. And, you know, when you go to places like Philly, right, and Boston right. and stuff like that. All right. Well, we're not those. That's clear. But when you think about the fact that, you know, we've got the Hornets where and the evolution that's happening over there. I think there's there's some cool things where we, we've got all the building blocks. We need to become contenders. So you mentioned UNC Charlotte and the new coach. If there's a chance to kind of become contenders in there, well, that all of a sudden now that's a different ball game. The Panthers and the draft pick and the new the, the new coaching and all that stuff. Well, contender potential, the hand handoff of the team from Jordan to new folks and and new draft picks on basketball. That's cool. Baseball is kind of like more of a social event, and we love it and it's awesome. Uh, I don't see us going pro there, but Savannah Bananas or something like that. Maybe we could enter that league. That would be cool. But then you start looking at amateur sports and what we're trying to do um, at Eastland. Uh, and then you start looking at the pro tennis, the Eastern Western Open that we're competing for with Cincinnati for the west side of Charlotte. You start looking at all these things and all of a sudden people are like, not only is it a sports town, and I think winning and being in contention is going to take that to another level. I, I think the other big thing is like all of a sudden it's a valuable TV and, and fan market. And that is where we're not suddenly lucky to just have a team and, and we have to do whatever they say, uh, but it's more like they, this is a, a, a highly sought after place to be. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's all about media markets. Uh, it's not just sports. It's about the, the number of people and with our state growing and with Charlotte at the center of that growth, uh, you know, it just leads more opportunities, but you, you do want contenders. Uh, you, you build a much bigger fan base when, when your teams are in contention. Uh, so hopefully some of these trades uh, and some of these pickups with the draft picks, uh, uh, the Hornets, uh, exciting. Uh, what was that? The number two or three draft pick uh, that, that they picked up. 
Um, we, we've, we've got, you know, uh, what's happening with the Panthers. Uh, as that grows, we know that that's going to build interest. Um, you know, and, and, and some of the other sporting events that come in, the, the, the one-offs, the, the, uh, uh, the college football uh, games that come in. Wells Fargo and, uh, Championship, so, NASCAR. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. like the list goes on and on. Yeah, well, yeah, we didn't even mention the racetrack because it's just a little outside the city limits, but it's still Charlotte. And, uh, you know, I grew up going to, to NASCAR races. You know, they do the, uh, uh, the, the the free Saturdays for the Boy Scouts, which is a lot of fun. Um, and my dad was our, our scout leader, so he'd take a bunch of uh, Cub Scouts to the, to the racetrack, and we became fans in. And that's and, and still instilled in me, man. Anytime there's a race, I'm at the racetrack. It's it's a lot of fun, but it but it also builds that corporate entertainment part of it too, which means what that really means is jobs and and well-paying jobs for people, and we want to see that happen because it has lifted our region up in such a way over the last two decades, really, to to really grow our brand and to grow the Charlotte region. So, and and your work on city council is very important on that, and I and I do thank you for that. Well, I appreciate it. And obviously the partnership with you guys in the general assembly, I mean, that's, that's critical to all these things. And it's not just critical for when we want to come with our hand out and we need something. It's also critical. You know, we don't always make surprise or uh, the best business decisions down here. So p- putting our hand but out we, is one thing, but getting guidance back from you is another. Yep. No, we, we will work together. We're going to take a break for just a second. Uh, we'll be back. If you'll stay on with me, Tark, we'll uh, we'll have you back on and, uh, and and keep talking. All right, welcome back to All Things Sane. I am your host, Jason Sane. Uh, glad to have you joining us today from the Legislative Building. Uh, reminding you that if you want to call in, the number is 844-STUDIO-4. That's 844-788-3464. Love to take your calls. Uh, uh, anything that's on your mind, glad to talk about it. Uh, I've got with me today a special guest, and special because he's a dear friend, and, uh, and we do a lot together. Uh, City Councilman Tart McCarry, glad to have you on, sir. Welcome back. It is great to be here on All Things Sane on WSIC. <laughs> I just don't know what to do with my hands. That's the weird thing. Since we're doing the video, too, what do you do with your hands? Um, so, Tarkett, we're talking during the break, and he's, he says, well, you're up at the legislative building. What are you working on? And we've got some you know, very heavy bills uh, on the calendar today at 2 o'clock. We're, we're taking up the Fuquay Barina Clemens de-annexation uh, issue that's, that's going to be a hot one. Also, the Holly Springs de-annexation and Leland de-annexation and moratorium. Uh, these will certainly be hotly debated today. I, I, I kid and I jest. Uh, you know, not not all legislative business is is uh, headline makers. So, uh, but we also have the the Harmony Love Valley election changes and the Maggie Valley Development Authority. Uh, so, uh, oh, and one more thing. Town of Lake Lure property lease. So, uh, you know, I know you're having a, an exciting time at home, Tark, but uh, you just you can't stop the excitement here in Raleigh this week. No, hold on. I was just in Lake Lure. It's become a tradition over the years to bring my family there for Fourth of July. I need to know more about this property transaction and what's <laughs> going on there. Late, I, I have, I have in jest, 
joked around in Lake Lore that one day I'll run for mayor there, but I'm going to change the name of it to like, like president or captain or something like that. And my one campaign slogan is going to be, it's going to be uh, cellular access for all. I will get it done because you can't use the phone up there. Well, but that's a benefit when you're when you're there on a family vacation. I did see your pictures. Uh, you guys have done some traveling, and Lake Lure is a great place to go to. Um, and that's not Lake Norman, which is where I prefer to be most days, including today. Um, I, I, you know what? I, speaking of broadband access on lakes, I've got a cove where I, where I, I get 5G access, where I make a lot of phone calls. I, I actually do work while fishing um, and uh, I make a lot of calls. I know you and I have had some calls there. Um so, so maybe maybe that's not a bad idea if you if you get your some five G on 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 Lake Lure. I'm I'm gonna five G that whole place up. I think it'll be a controversial kind of campaign platform, but I'm prepared. <laughs> well, you know, five G once upon a time is like a hot topic. Uh, you and I started working on that uh, back in 2017, if I remember correctly, and I do. Uh, House Bill uh, uh, 317 was a, was a big lift at the time, but you and I were working on that because we knew that one of the first place, places that investment in 5G technology was going to go would be the city of Charlotte. And sure enough, we got the bill passed, and I think you and I were together in a couple of press releases welcoming uh, some of the companies that were putting in 5G. And now it's, uh, it's amazing just how connected the city of Charlotte is and the surrounding area. When I'm Again, when I'm on Lake Norman, I can get 5G access. That's, that's pretty impressive. It's not just impressive in what people are experiencing today. When you and I went on that journey in the beginning, many years ago, we knew that it isn't just a utility. It's an economic development tool. It would be the things where if you had the first ubiquitous 5G covered city in the United States in the world, it isn't like, oh, I'd like to come there. Any company that has a 5G R&D shop for the last decade uh, you know, autonomous vehicle companies like cruise autonomous vehicles, others like that, they would have to come there because they would, they would, their competitors would, would be getting a leg up on them. So now, you know, that, that stuff's out there, we're going to see a revolution. And I have been a big proponent as you have as well um, in, in what more can we do? It's a huge rural uh, a digital divide um, tool, but I really believe the number one thing that we got to keep marching to from where we started is we got to make the 74 corridor the first 5G and autonomous trucking corridor from the state's largest port to and through the state's largest economy. And once we do that, not only are we going to be in business, are we going to start beating Norfolk and, um, and, and, uh, and Savannah and other ports, we're then going to create this kind of center hub that you know, Lumberton and all these other places can start to pull 5G from solving the digital divide. And not only is that going to be awesome, this is how the, the future of gaming and esports is going to evolve to cloud-based opportunities that'll lead to STEM education, that'll lead to so many other things. Well, you know, speaking of that, I, I, and I'm glad you brought that up um, when we talk about esports and gaming, I, kind of my lead in earlier, I, I talked about you and I, uh, get on and play Call of Duty late at night when the when the kids have gone to bed and will give us back our our game controllers, um, but but you've done a lot with with integrating esports uh, and then and with high school students and then and getting that to a point where you you've actually developed a pipeline of talent to go to work and work in programming and things that are needed 
uh, particularly in the financial sector in, in Charlotte. Talk a little bit about YTAC and what that is and and the championships you sponsored. I've, I've gone over a couple times and watched the kids play, and I think uh, maybe a team from Lincoln County did pretty well in one of the first championships. So, Indeed. Uh, talk, talk a little bit about, about that. Yeah, absolutely. And you're being <clears throat> you're being a bit humble by saying I've done that. Clearly, there's a team, but also clearly you're a big part of that as well on this journey we've been in with all the moves you you've been making. So, it, it started five or six years ago um, as a spinoff of our adult workforce training program. It it was designed for STEM developers, workforce folks that needed upward mobility to get into the workforce without a college degree, and then it spun off into high school and youth. And ultimately, it was what you refer to as YTAC, the Youth Technology Apprenticeship Cohorts. That evolved into today what we know as um, the CMS and Lincoln County Varsity Esports and STEM Leagues, which has now transitioned to this whole statewide rollout view called VESSEL, the Varsity Esports and STEM League. So that's the kind of progression of, of a little idea to overall school system to multiple to now statewide. And the punchline is if you meet the kids where they are, which where they are right now is, is esports and virtual worlds. Kids right now today between 13 and 17 spend 40% of all of their time, the majority, not on social media or on different apps, but in gaming virtual environments. They would rather hang out with their friends in those gaming environments in many cases than somewhere else. And they do that. My kids do that. I know your, your son does that. So it's meeting them where they are with competitive esports and gaming, not just playing, but playing as a team with the coach, all the traditional values that varsity sports allow, but then creating a bridge to say, well, part of the competition is also creating your own game using Epic games, our hometown, Cary, North Carolina, uh, worldwide behemoth who created the unreal engine where they can create their own games. And then we're like, Oh, well, you want to compete more? Well, you need to learn how to code a bit. You learn teamwork, you get job skills, and then ultimately STEM and esports hand in hand now are creating an opportunity not just to revolutionize how we teach STEM in our school system in North Carolina, but directly connect that to the workforce, to your earlier point, where companies now say, well, I can't hire them today, but I'd be willing to invest in this state, in this community, if I knew there was a new pipeline every year coming, year over year of STEM tech talent. And that, that's what it's been all about. And while we've done some groundwork and things, your connections to folks like UNC Greensboro, to the school systems in Lincoln County, who did win the, the big inaugural state championship um, at Bank of America Stadium and then over at UNC Greensboro um, in the last season, those connections, your work, you know, working with the universities um, and, and having things to seed these opportunities in the budget. I mean, the, to be honest, um, your, your humbleness is appreciated, but I'm not going to let you get away with it saying that somebody else did this. Hey, look, you, you accomplish a lot as long as you don't care who gets the credit. Um, and, and, but I thank you. It's, uh, it, re it has really been, uh, you know, a, a journey, like you say, that we've been on together. Um, you know, I, I always, you know, I, there's a lot I don't know, but I, I know a lot of people who do know, uh, and, and just picking up the phone and, and, and connecting people that, that I think can make a difference together has been huge. So getting, getting you plugged in with the chancellor at UNC Greensboro, which had the vision of what they wanted to do there on esports, 
uh, UNC Charlotte's working on, on things for esports. Uh, and of course, like you say, the K-12 and, and just getting everybody in the right, right people in the right room. Uh, we're going to take a break uh, here on WSIC. Uh, our call-in section is next. So 844-STUDIO-4, call us. Glad to take your calls. Welcome back to All Things Sane. I'm your host, Jason Sane, here on WSIC. Uh, and everywhere else, we're on the internets. Uh, you might have heard of it. It's a thing. Uh, we're broadcasting, I think, on Facebook and LinkedIn and, and of course, uh, YouTube. So lots, lots of different places you can find us. Uh, glad you've joined us. Uh, glad, appreciate you listening in and, and watching. Uh, I've always said I do have the, the face made for radio, but here we are doing video anyway with me today. Uh, we have Charlotte City Councilman Tart McCarry, good friend. Uh, we've been talking to esports before the break there. Uh, I do want to kind of close that out and talk a little bit more about it. Um, the, the, the fact that we're being able, that we're able to, to help develop that workforce. One of the big things at the top of the uh, show I was talking about was we got our business rankings again from CNBC. North Carolina uh, is, is the best state for business uh, according to their, to their rankings. Uh, but the, the main thing that was the most important factor was workforce. And uh, Tark, you, you've done a lot in, in helping to build that workforce and you know, the people you've partnered with. Um, it is greatly appreciated because, you know, businesses can come. But if you don't have uh, people to work in those businesses who are, who are well-trained, who, by the way, if they have good training, uh, they end up with better pay. And that's something we want for everybody. Uh, but it's I, I, I compliment you on the work you've done, and, and it's been great to partner with you on that. What do you think the future looks like, though, as as, as we're in that space? You, you touched on it. Uh, what what really does it mean as as we keep getting these these number one rankings, and you entertain people on on behalf of the city all the time that are looking to come to the Charlotte region. Uh, I know you work with the, the the Charlotte Regional Partnership and. Our, our, our many economic development, uh, uh, you know, arms of, of, of government and, and non-government. But what, what do you think that looks like as, as we continue with these rankings? What, what, do you, what do you see on the future? What's the horizon look like? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I mean, we all know the ranking today was only made possible by Governor Cooper. So we have to take a quick second to recognize that. Um, <laughs> all that work I he's kid. done. Yeah. I kid, I kid. Um, no, listen, I, I, it's a great question and one I think a lot about. For the last six years, aside from being on council, um, I, I've, you know, I've taken time off from my real work and, and giving back. I launched the Carolina FinTech Hub, a nonprofit that, among other things, focuses on recruiting jobs, tech companies to Charlotte. And you know, we've recruited over 2,000 jobs from the Carolina FinTech Hub, originated them to Charlotte in that time. And the one thing I've learned from that is everybody says they value different things, incentives, quality of life, you know, this, that, and the other. At the end of the day, it's a question of talent. Talent is ultimately the only reason why you would decide to pick one city over another because it's the competitive advantage that ultimately they look at to dominate in whatever industry they're in. And we have just been blessed with that ability to have that raw um, you know, ingredients set there. Now, you know, it, all of a sudden as things become saturated, more folks come in, it becomes harder and harder. So when you ask about what the future looks like, in my opinion, you know, 
I there are good and bad things about the Chips Act. How it started great, maybe some things infused in it that I didn't love that much. But one thing it really nails is the fact that the 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 current national defense focus number one, when you think about China and other places like that, is having the talent and having the technology as it relates to microchips and transistors and fabs and the things you need there. So having all that is a no-brainer. But in my opinion, not only continuing doing these things, but on the transistor and, and chip side, that's where the puck is today. Where the puck is going to be is artificial intelligence, AI. I am 100% at this point certain of that. And right now, our competitor is China, who has more money than they know what to do with, is investing in 100-year outlooks. And as an authoritarian government, they have all the people doing whatever they want, which is use cases for AI and all the money they want to dump into it with no checks. That is incredibly dangerous as it relates to our competitiveness in the world. So our nation needs to step into AI, to use cases, to funding, to the private sector leading in that space. But North Carolina in general and Charlotte and other areas in specific, we need to really lean in hard towards those things. That's why we're applying to be a tech hub designation underneath that chips act stuff and going hard after the AI angle with health tech and FinTech and some of our other major pillars. Well, and you're, you're absolutely correct. And, and of course, anyway, that, that I can be helpful or the legislature can be helpful. We want to be, I, I was in Dallas, uh, gosh, sometime over the last year, uh, everything kind of blurs together. Uh, but, but it was in Dallas for a, for a, a small conference uh, North Carolina or uh, uh, National Council of State Legislators, and uh, I'm on their cybersecurity team and, and on the task force there, and we were meeting. And uh, but we we toured a lot of what's happening in Dallas. I mean, they've they've got uh, basically certain tax districts uh, set aside for for tech and for for innovation and for investment. And it was it was really one learned a lot because uh, that's that's how you learn. You you figure out what other states are doing. And then we can bring it back and refine it and do it better than, than they than they're doing it. Hopefully, uh, and a lot of that has to do with the the way we've set ourselves up and, and as far as a um, you know tax reform and some of the things that we've worked on over the last ten years. But but looking at Charlotte and the region uh, and really all counties around, whether it's the manufacturing side of it, uh, you know when when we talk about um, you know the the tech that's involved, but but then also you know you've hit on something that is obviously top of mind. Uh, AI, artificial intelligence, uh, it, it, it can be scary. We think about, you know, Terminator and Arnold and, and the uh, killer robots. Uh, that part's scary. Uh, but machine learning can be helpful, too, uh, to, to figuring out problems, just, you know, whether it be traffic, uh, patterns, uh, you know, what, whatever it is. Uh, but, but running away from it is probably the worst thing in the world we could do, particularly when people who want to defeat us, and that's the Chinese, uh, economically, Maybe militarily, uh, hopefully not, but but they are certainly they, they've got that long range plan. Your your point about their government, we don't think this way, right? We we think in two year and four year cycles because that's when elections happen. Uh, we don't we don't think about hundred years down the road. And I'm not saying that we should become authoritarian. I'm not saying that at all. But we we absolutely have to take our focus and look at as we develop w what kind of workers we need. Where is the tech going? What 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 does that look like? And we can't fall short on that. What this one, you know, 
why public education to be so important, but making sure we get it right. We just don't have, it's not about warehousing children. It's about making sure that kids are learning and that they are getting what they need and, and quit using the, the excuse, the pandemic and, and think, look, it happened, uh, move on. Uh, but moving on means we've got to be, you know, brighter, smarter, uh, more educated and, and, and really more innovative uh, than, than the, than the countries that, that we're up against. And so, um, you do that too by by your point, um, you know, being attractive to those type of businesses coming in. So one, you got to have good schools. Two, you got to have a great workforce. Uh, and, and then and then three, you know, you got to have uh, tax policies and policies uh, uh, that that and quality of life. We you know that that people want to come and be a part of it uh, because you know happy people um, you know who are well paid uh, live much better lives. We know that, uh, and that and that's top to bottom. So. We don't want to leave anybody behind in that, but but if, but if we don't embrace it, uh, we we could very easily somebody else was number one once, right? Uh, so we're number one now. How, how do we stay at number one and and keep keep those folks? You know, as we're always looking, you know, over our shoulders and at the back. Uh, I I got some good friends in Utah who are legislators, and they always do very well in some of these rankings and tax policy and so forth. And I always tell them we're coming for you because we can't. We can't wait. We we need to keep moving forward so that so that we do have a brighter future. So I, I think your your comments are, are well placed, and 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 that still boils down to who's who's leading. Uh, are we are we are we you know tied up in uh, crazy nonsense uh, you know talk that we see and that's permeating today? I mean, we're talking about men and women's sports and things of that nature. Not that we don't need to address it because the other side is talking about it. But but these are there's so many distractions and so many things that that we're that we're not focusing on uh, to be competitive and, and, and quite frankly uh, we get we we get comfortable as a society. So I, I think that having the right leaders in place pushing uh, for those things really do matter. And and I appreciate you being cognizant of that. And and, and I, honestly, if I was to boil down the difference between the liberal and conservative mindset in our country on this. And I'm not trying to say liberals are authoritarian, but they take more of that authoritarian path that you see China taking, which is government's going to decide we're going to put this amount of money towards this thing. And we're going to do that. We're going to either hand it to you or, or give an incentive here or another. We're the more conservative mindset. And I'm not saying we do this perfectly, but if you are following the conservative mindset, it's to create a platform that incentivizes the things driven by the private sector, not by the government. And while, you know, that's nuanced and I'm sure there's a hundred different ways someone might debate me there. I think the bottom line is the stakes are so high that we can't get distracted. Like we're distracted by these culture wars because the war is being brought there. Now there are some people on our side that are also going to battle. And I'm not trying to say that's not the case, but we have got to figure out how to come together and focus on the true long-term enemy here which is not being a global dominant force and, and, and democracy, in this case, leading and running AI and how it's structured, rather, of the authoritarian side. That is the, you know, the, um, the, the Terminator issue there. Yeah, well, uh, and, and it's not lost on me. Um, uh, when, when we talk about the Terminator, uh, my wife says she still has bad dreams about Arnold Schwarzenegger showing up in the closet or something uh, as, a, as a killer robot. Uh, and but but quite frankly, we, we we really do have to address the real threats, not Hollywood, 
uh, but, but what's really happening over the horizon. So, you know, and that's look, that's what the show is all about. Um, when I when I did my first monologue last week, I talked about the things we'd discuss, and it's it's great to talk about these things, get people thinking about them. Uh, if if you if you listen to this show and, and you don't at least consider some of the things that we're talking about, then we're not doing. I'm not doing my job. Uh, Tark as a as a leader uh, in our region, really appreciate you being on. We're going to have you on a lot more. Uh, it's just basically taking our phone calls that we normally have and putting them on air. Uh, so so uh, we, we get into some heavy stuff, but really appreciate you being on today. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, you are listening to All Things Sane. We'll be back next Wednesday. I don't know whether we'll be in Raleigh or Cornelius or Stageville. Really appreciate you listening.